and welcome to Susan B. The Podcast. I'm Daphne White, a journalist and playwright, whose most recent play is also called Susan B. The play and podcast are about Susan B. Anthony and the early suffragists, who I think of as the original nasty women. Today I'll be speaking with Mariana Mott-Nureth, the great-great-great-great-granddaughter of Lucretia Mott. Mariana is a librettist and playwright and producer in New York City, who's developing an opera on the same topic. Lucretia Mott was one of the founders of the women's movement. So tell me, uh, Mariana, um, when you were young, what did you learn mm-hmm. about your great-great-great-great-grandmother, Lucretia Mott? Well, I, I grew up in, uh, in a family that uh, Lucretia Mott was always just kind of a fixture. It was, my, my, my grandmother would had many Quaker sensibilities to her. Um, we weren't necessarily a Quaker family, but I always knew that there was this ancestor of mine called Lucretia Mott and she was really important. And I, <laughs> that's kind of just what I, what I grew up with. And I, and I didn't, it didn't even really phase me uh, kind of how important she was or the work that she really did. I just would hear stories that would come out during the course of the day or, you know, my, my mother who married into the family um, was, is very much a, a scholar and, and she had done a, a, a number, a lot of research and she loved the whole, the whole background to Lucretia Mott. So she would just share with me things that she would discover as she was reading and tell me some of the stories. Yeah. Some of the stories, now that I say that, I go, geez, what were those stories? <laughs> but I, I, it, they were mostly about, basically my mother was parroting what the, the, the official story that Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton had written. And tell me and what that is the, for those who About the, the meeting, you know, like the meeting of Lucretia Mott and Elizabeth Cady Stanton on the ship going across the Atlantic Ocean to London to attend the first, uh, you know, to attend an abolitionist rally. And that on that trip, uh, this is the mythos that on, on the trip, mm-hmm. uh, Susan and, and uh, Lucretia were bemoaning the fact that they weren't allowed to attend the meeting because they were women. Mm-hmm. And that they were going theoretically, with their husbands. Their husbands were yes, exactly. Their, their husbands were abolitionists. And so they were all going, but the, the women were abolitionists as well. And Lucretia, um, but, I thought Lucretia was a delegate as well. Yes, 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 she definitely was a delegate. Right. She, she, uh, she was a very prominent person on her very own, right. um, which is why there was such an outrage because she was, you know, they, they were going to, they were going to England for this very important abolitionist conference, mm-hmm. um, and the and the women were not allowed to speak. That some of them weren't even allowed to be in the meeting at all. They were blocked entirely. Right. So. And that's a fact. That's that's not that is that that's a true fact. But the, the story that came out of it is that Susan, B., uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Cady Stanton was was like, I can't believe we can't be in there. And Lucretia was the same way. And that the two of them sat sat on this ship complaining and thought, let's start our own movement. You know, it's, that's the that's the myth. Uh-huh. It actually, I, I I don't think that's true i don't think uh-huh. that's the, i mean when when in the research that i have done in the reading i've done on lucretia mott she remembers meeting 
Elizabeth Cady Stanton. She was a lovely young woman. You know, she's 20, Lucretia Mott was 27 years older, her senior. And she doesn't necessarily recall it being this earth shattering moment of we're going to start a movement for women. It, it really occurred much more organically, the, the women's movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not faulting Elizabeth Cady Stanton or Susan B. Anthony for turning it into a historical narrative. All what, my place is coming from is that there are different stories and that things that there were other people that were having the same thoughts and conversations and thinking, why, why aren't these voices as a part of this, of this movement and the emancipation of human being really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that answered your question or not, but that was one of the stories. Uh-huh. So, she, so my mom, my mom would basically tell me the story of the women's movement that had been authored by Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Mm-hmm. So that's what I grew up with. Yeah. So the way I remember now, I just, I have no family history with this, but what mm-hmm. I remember reading is that the, that the kind of, um, Awake moment of awakening for some of the women, which in whatever it was, it was Lucretia and Elizabeth, because Susan wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Was at they, they got the, the women were allowed into the meeting, but I think they had to sit in a balcony and they were not seated as delegates. They had to sit above and observe. That's correct. And that yes. outraged and them because this was London, but you know, in, in America, the Quaker women, some of the Quaker women were sent as delegates, although Elizabeth was not. She had just married her husband yeah. and was kind of escaping off. A love affair. One, one of the one of the stories that I, as I was doing research for my opera, um, that I began to find out in that in that meeting when the women were upstairs and Lucretia, who was well known already as an mm-hmm. abolitionist, mm-hmm. Um, they um, there there was shock among some of the men that she wasn't allowed to speak. Correct, because they were she was such an orator that they they expected her to speak, and she just right. sat there. You know, and she wasn't bothered by it. She's like, okay, I don't have to speak. Yeah. You know, she, oh, it, okay. it, she, she, she wasn't, she didn't, she raged about things, but she didn't rage about oh, that. That's interesting because <laughs> from what I, so yeah. from what I remember reading, some of the women did rage. And in fact, some of the men, and yeah. I don't remember if Lucretia's husband was one of them. Some of the men mm-hmm. went and sat with the women in the balcony to protest and others did not. Um, that's what I read too. Yes, that's, so, that's my understanding. So it definitely was something of a scandal. And it's interesting that in, while England freed their slaves before America did, in the case of women, you know, mm-hmm. and America, some of the delegates, uh, you know, there were women delegates and which were not, who were not recognized in England. So that's, things were different. The social uh, wokeness, oh, yeah. wokeness was different. So anyway, yes, but I totally, um, from everything I know too, that the narrative, the Seneca Falls like kind of birth narrative of the women's movement was invented later. And then that Correct. mythic story, the awakening for Elizabeth anyway, happened in England and yet nothing, Seneca Falls happened like eight years after that. So like you said, it wasn't immediate. You know, she got mad and right. back home. Right. And then like eight years later, um, was it when she met uh, Lucretia again? I don't know that she met someone and then like within a week. They, I, I, I don't, together. I don't have all of the, the timelines, but yeah, yeah, but there, there were several meetings with, uh, I mean, Elizabeth K. Stanton was, she was out there and she was really generating, um, a lot. She was, she was quite a, she, she was the spark plug in many ways. Elizabeth, um, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. and, 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 and Lucretia was, was always, you know, she was, she was a senior of that group and, and really 
I think I, I just, I have this wonderful picture of her in my mind of sitting while women around her were like, you know, were raging. And Lucretia's just like, it'll, it'll work out. You know, just well, yeah. like, you know, it's like they, it, it, I just find that, 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 that balance. So, so for them, for, for Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony and all the others who were working with them, Lucretia was like the, the anchor for them in many ways mm-hmm. um, as far as just why are we here and, and what's important and mm-hmm. kind of reminding about that of what's important because it's such busy, busy, busy work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's just always this wonderful imagination I have in my mind of, of how this, this meeting of these, of these women went um, anyway, for whatever, for what yeah. it's worth. So, um, <laughs> So what? So you you said you were you were told kind of the the let's say the established I think we could call it like the established exactly that, that established. that's the point I'm trying to make here yeah, I was yeah, I was, was kind of given the established story and in fact as I was doing research for my opera I started to share what I was learning with with my mother mm-hmm. and Janet my mom my mom's name is Janet and she uh, was like really she was shocked oh she, she like, didn't know she, she did not know and. And that's what had me, that compelled me. And she's actually helping me to do research on this. Because uh-huh. uh, she was, she had that same reaction, like, what do you mean? That, that really, it wasn't that way? And yeah, so, it, yeah. so th- there, is this, there is this really, again, not to put down the work that Susan and Elizabeth did, because it was important. Um, but I love that there is a, a new narrative growing out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, to say, you know, maybe there were some other things that were differently important. Maybe not more important, but differently important. Yeah. So it's, as you're talking, <laughs> I, I realize that it's so interesting because I think that today we kind of have this feeling like it's only today that we have competing narrative, let's say right now, between blue states and states <laughs> whatever. And and we mm-hmm. kind of assume that, well, history was one way. It's, it's etched in stone. It was one way. Mm-hmm. And when mm. you kind of start getting into it, and it's, even as a descendant, you realize like, oh, there's kind of history that was written down by Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Stanton, which is kind of taken on the patina of like Mount Rushmore, like that's just, that's the way it was, <laughs> like Walter Cronkite said, right? Like that's the way it was. And then that's finding great. like, gee, even yeah. though I'm the great, 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 great granddaughter, like I'm given this <laughs> what a story. It, it is. It, it, it wasn't exactly said, like said, that. No. Maybe not exactly, yeah. and and that and it's cool to realize that. Like, oh, what were the lessons that they learned? What do we need to learn? And and it, I I see so many parallels today to what's mm-hmm. going on in our world to what they these women were struggling with over a hundred years ago. All right, same so that's argument. What interests me? So tell me. <laughs> so tell me some of what you see that's the same. Yeah, that's what got me into the story. Yeah. Well, it it needed a part of it has to do with who has, it's a power struggle, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, you know, in, in back then, you know, there was all this work, yes, emancipation, slavery is wrong. That's just, that's, we all agree, slavery is wrong. And mm-hmm. what, and that was the work that they started on. Mm-hmm. But what became, what happened was that, that, that like, it's almost Orwellian. It's like some people are more, are more, uh, you know, emancipated than others in a way. And, and black women in particular got so pushed off the side of the conversation and the topic because um, the struggles were, you know, first we need to emancipate black men and give them a voice, 
That was what then women decided that. Yes. That was what right. And then and then women come in and they're like, well, we need to vote. And and so, but but it was only for the white women. And then whatever happened to the black women who were doing all this work to support it? Um, they actually saw a future that was greater than anybody could have possibly imagined. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's what I find so compelling about this whole thing. And it makes me ask as a, as a dramaturg and, and, you know, someone who's, who's creating stories that hopefully will, will be, will be told long after I'm gone that what, what is the future that we can envision now that was made possible by what Lucretia Mott and Susan B. Anthony did uh-huh. um, that's way beyond what they could have even imagined. And I mean, I just, I love the fact that they, they lived in this great realm of possibility and, and then the, the, on the ground, you know, making it happen, reality does, <laughs> does come in and force you in different directions. So, so, but I, I always, and I, I'm, I'm the idealist, just like my, <laughs> like, like my ancestor. I'm like, let's keep an eye on what is that, what is that hundred year vision a hundred years from now? What yeah. would women's rights, what would suffrage, yeah. what would emancipation, no slavery, what would that look like really a hundred years from now? Maybe having a woman president and not be, not call every female candidate unelectable and shrill, right? <laughs> That's a place to start. That'd be a good start. But there's there's, 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 there's something bigger that 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 even that like there's something bigger that would make that thing look small. Uh-huh. And I like, don't know. I don't know. That that's the inquiry. That on it. Oh, okay. Uh. I I I I I can't put I can't put words on it yet. But it, it's it's really about I see, and it's like how we regard one another as mm. human beings. And and to look past all of the categories and things that we put on people, like oh you're yeah. this, you're that, you have blonde hair, you have, you know, green hair, whatever. Uh, it, we 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 tend to we make assumptions and we actually miss the human being that's right in front of us. See, yeah. I see, because that's where I I'm I think that's where Lucretia Mott was coming from. Yeah, you know, she would always she talk about the inner light. And, yeah, well, she was, oh, yeah, she was a she Quaker was. and a, and a minister. She was a Quaker minister, right? And, and a heretic. And a heretic, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, t- so when we talked last time, I said that I thought she was one of the original social justice warriors because she yes. was so pure. Tell me the story you told me about the candy, you know, about her, her not oh, using, yes, about the, yes, only using yes, free so, goods so, not made by slaves. Tell me about that. Yes, that very much. That, that uh, It's documented, in fact, that Lucretia and James, her husband, uh, they, they were both very clearly committed to the abolition of slavery um, so that to the degree they, they, they looked and they realized, you know, all of the cotton that they were wearing was a product of slave labor. All of the, the sugar that was going into whatever the candies, I don't know how much sugar they ate back then, probably not as much as we eat <laughs> no. now, but, but, but that, you know, sugar, and there were so many products that were created by slave labor. It was uh-huh. slavery was and it still is an economic engine. So uh-huh. when 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 they when they committed to the abolition of slavery, um, it included one would can call it now a boycott. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's and it is it is very similar to to the the whole the, what vegans are saying and the word right. that they are putting out. Vegans aren't vegans just to be annoying. They actually have a mission. <laughs> 
And I say, I say that with all love because I, I do. I have vegan friends who I love, but they sometimes are annoying. And Lucretia Mott, Lucretia Mott was annoying. She was uh, very annoying, and uh, she drove her family up a wall. And she, there is this one great story of uh, her children were having a celebration of some kind, and they uh, they were going to get some some candy. And Lucretia Mott was like, yes, we will get some candy. But she was only going to buy what was labeled as free candy, meaning mm-hmm. there was no slave sugar in this. There was no mm-hmm. slave-produced sugar. Mm-hmm. And apparently whatever sweetener they used was pretty bad. So the mm-hmm. candy just tasted horrible. So there was that. But not only that, but she would put in these little um, – phrases she would wrap these candies and they would they would have these little quotes in them something I I wish I had one of them in front of me because I don't know what they have to go dig in my book but they were something like to be free is to be you know everyone is free or no one is free or you know she she would she would moralize the candy (laughs) so Um, it's almost like fortune cookies like she invented fortune cookies early very much so very Uh much so and and I can only imagine the number of eyes that were rolling in the room Well, you know, what's funny, what's no, funny about that story is everything I've read about Lucretia makes it sound very saintly. It was kind of like she almost oh, yeah. was, she no, was she, definitely she more was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I love hearing that. So the last question I was going to ask you was about rage, but maybe she's not. I was going to ask you if you think women's rage today, you know, the whole Me Too movement, the stuff with, like, you know, right, Harvey Weinstein is being tried today as we mm. see Mm-hmm. Um, yes. How you see that as relating to the rage? Because I know maybe not Lucretia, but I know Susan and Elizabeth had a lot of rage. Oh, they all had rage. It, Lu- Lucretia also had rage, but mm-hmm. her hers was was slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. Hers was really on a higher moral scale. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I won't I won't go so much into that. But that yes, I the the rage that we see today, it's. It was fascinating because as I was doing research for my piece and I was reading a lot, a lot on Susan B. Anthony and I was reading her, her history book, mm-hmm. um, I heard and felt that same rage that I'm hearing from women now. Mm-hmm. Same exact feeling, same exact tone, same exact righteousness or yeah. you know, something. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it is the same exact thing I, that, and that's um, honestly that's what got me yeah. into writing this play because i don't have a family yeah. relationship but i happened to write yeah. into a few paragraphs that she wrote in a, in a contemporary book and i was like oh mm-hmm. my god and that yeah. that's what continues to blow me away because we have women have so many more rights obviously you know we can own property we don't lose our house right. if we become widowed uh if we get yes. from divorce our children don't automatically go to our husband i mean we have it's it's a totally different legal background and yet we still make what 79 cents on the dollar that men make yeah. and all the sexual abuse and harassment that's on rape that but one out of four women so it's 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 kind of mm-hmm. like like you've come a long way baby and yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you use that uh, example <laughs> uh, that way, cigarette one, yeah, i know i'm thinking you know, people won't even get it <laughs> well, yeah, but those who will will also realize that 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 in itself there were that was that ad was keeping alive the things that we're still fighting against today. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like I, that, that's my theory, but, 
but no, I, I really, I really, really think, I really think Susan B. Anthony set the tone that we are living out of today. You mean the tone? She, that she had outrage. The, the outrage and also just the 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 focus of of what our rage is. She, it we we credit it's 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 Susan's voice we're we're speaking through. Uh -huh. I really believe that. And as I was reading her words, it just. I don't know. I just made this connection like, wow, she has such an impact on us and, and, and what we're teaching our daughters and what we're teaching our sons. It really stems from who she was. Susan definitely has the, I mean, she, she is, the, she is the, 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 the driving force in it today for sure. Um, and and it's transparent. I mean, a lot of a lot of the arguments that they went up against in the future that they that they created from nothing, we it, it's so transparent to us today. We don't even see it, uh -huh. but it's what, what we're doing is, is is credit to them. So so the challenge in front of us is to take that energy and uh, and I would like to see it reworked so that yes, there's rage and it's okay to be angry, but there's something on the other side of the rage that that's where I think Lucretia was hoping to get to someday. And it had to do with man and woman, both being the full, fully functional, expressed, useful human beings that they were born to be. You know, she really came from that. And, 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 and that back in the day, women were really, kept on pedestals, the, you know, the, the nice housewives were kept mm -hmm. as, as pretty little things. Um, so that her, Lucretia was like, get out there and get your hands dirty kind of a thing, which we're, we're doing now. But there's something about each of us owning our own power and our own innate sense of responsibility for the world. Mm -hmm. That that's where I would like to see the women's movement go to. That you know, we are, we are the mothers of, of, of the future generations calling our kids up and saying, do the right thing. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really, that's what, that's the, you asked me earlier, like, what is the future that I see? That is the future that I see. Mm -hmm. What is, what is, what is the right way to be with everybody every moment mm -hmm. as opposed to just yeah. taking care of my own, my own needs, you know? I, I think Lucretia would be proud of that statement by her great, great, I think so great, too. great granddaughter. I, so. I, I, see, I feel like she's speaking through me right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm getting I must thoughts. be channeling Lucretia. Yes, I think you are. So, that's just beautiful. <laughs> oh, isn't that amazing? They are still, they are still yeah. here. So, oh, I, yeah. Oh, oh her, her, her blood courses to my veins. I, 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 can't, I can't deny that. So, uh, yeah. so, before, so this is a great place to end. But before we do, tell me, is there a name for your, the piece that you're working on? Do you want to tell us something about that? And yes, what, yes. The, the opera that I'm working on, the, the, the working title is called The Eyes Habit. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was initially created as, uh, to tell the story of moments when kind of loosely revolving around the Seneca Falls Convention, but when the women decided that they were going to call for the vote. Uh -huh. um, and Lucretia Mott, Lucretia Mott did not. She I actually remember thought she that opposed asking, it, yes. Yeah, it was, it was asking for too much, and it was mm -hmm. going to make a mockery of the whole thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it turns out Lucretia was wrong. Um, mm -hmm. But she was overruled. Uh, and, and, but so, so, the, so the, my piece is called The Eyes Have It, oh, because okay. that was, she had to, 
she had to confront the reality of what was in front of her and and accept uh, that this uh-huh. is where the movement was going. So it. that's the working title. We're, yeah, yeah. So and it's it's a it's a chamber opera. I'm working with a with an amazing composer, Mike Vondernummer. Um, yes, he's German. I have a German <laughs> composer working on an opera about the women's movement. Um, no, it's great. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, and and he, he and he really gets it. And there's just, and he gets the passion of who Lucretia was and is. And so together, we're really we're really telling this story from Lucretia's point of view. It's yeah. actually like in yeah. Lucretia's mind. Uh-huh. Um, so that so it's it's my way of of telling the story of the women's movement as I now understand it to be as a 55-year-old woman uh-huh. looking out towards what's happening over the next 100 years. Yeah. Well, I l- let me know when it's up, and I look forward to I absolutely will. I so, so appreciate the opportunity, and, and I love the work that you're doing. You are a go-getter, and you make, <laughs> you make things happen. Well, so thank I'm, you. I, I, I try I'm, to channel suits on our side. Thank you. <laughs> Take that energy and run with it. But it's conversations like this and dialogues like this, that's what shifts people's thinking. Yeah. So well, it's, thank it's you. Talking Mina. to one another. Yeah. You're so welcome, Daphne. Continuing talking and other things. Very times. good. Thank and you. And I look forward to seeing your play. <laughs> um, so do I. <laughs> yes, if anybody's interested yes. in, in the play, let me know. It's on, it's on New Play they Exchange. Will. And I hope to get it produced soon. So thank you. Thank you.